So it was really funny that back in the day when Zima was like the cool thing, my girlfriends and I didn't like the flavor of it. So we would add a uh, crystal light lemonade, which crystal light is already disgusting anyway with that whole like fake sugar thingy and then add it to Zima on top of it. I'm like, we clearly did not have good taste in our twenties. That's all I'm saying. Oh, that's gotta be, that's gotta be super sweet, super rough. And talk about super, super Vincent just dropped in. What's up, man. What's going on you two. Hello. Hello. Welcome. Welcome. So guys, I got, first off, I gotta say, there's nothing cooler in life with fellow podcasters where you're like, Hey, I've got a, I got inspired. Can you guys jump on a live stream and you two just being so gracious to say, mm, okay, no planning, no nothing. You guys are like, just let's just do this. And, uh, I just want to say thank you. Well, uh, thanks thank you. for throwing it together, man. This is great. I, I had no idea I was doing this this morning, but, uh, it, it's funny because it, it gives me an opportunity to kind of make up because I, I mentioned something when we get into the topic here on Vincent's post on Facebook about it. And I said, you know, I was going to talk about this, but I, I was afraid of the backlash. And a mutual friend, uh, Tony Watley, comes on and he goes, Larry, if you're afraid of the backlash, then you've already lost. So I kind of got scolded. So, see, so you presented the opportunity for me to come back and make up for my scolding and learn from my lesson. So I saw Tony's as well. Okay, wait, before we get, we get, we will get, Tony, we're going to address you in a second here. But hey, guys, this is something I always do when we kick it off. Are you guys ready for the mic that's listening for us today? Is that a yay, nay? Oh, that's a yay for me, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. All right. Well, we're I didn't hear you. I didn't hear you. <laughs> we're without a net. Let's do this, guys. The mic is listening. 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 The mic is Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, everyone. This is the Mike is Listening Show. I'm back. It's 2022. Took a little bit of a hiatus for the holidays in December, and quite frankly, I was just tired. I think at the end of the year, I was just tired of broadcasting. So I was actually going to skip out this morning, too, but every now and then you get inspiration by someone, and you say, you know what? Screw it. Let's just get off our you-know-whats, and let's just do it. So today is going to be a very interesting conversation because it's about controversy. Oh, wait, not Prince's song, but you're welcome for the earworm. We're talking about controversy and podcasting in general. Topics, people, provocative things that maybe generate interest in your show, in your business, in your personal brand, or just in general, just to get a community up in arms to communicate with one another. And so let's talk about controversy because sometimes it's a good thing and sometimes it's a bad thing. It's kind of like that old adage, right? Adage, whatever you want to call it. Uh, you know, all PR, all bad news is good news, whatever it's called. Someone's going to correct me on that saying at some point. But without further ado, because we could go on all afternoon, but I want to introduce some, introduce some amazing gentlemen that, you know, were gracious enough to jump on board at the last second. So welcome to the Mike is Listening show, Larry Roberts and Vincent Poop. Is it Pugliese? It could be whatever you want. It goes by, I've heard everything. It's Puglisi is the Puglisi. Americanized version. Pugliese is the Italian version, but okay. nobody can even get the Americanized version right. So I go by all of it. It doesn't matter. Oh, so the G is soft or silent? Puglisi. Yeah. yeah. Oh, well, very it, cool. Yeah, it's, controver it's, it's, it's controversial as well as, as the topic, but it's Pug Puglisi is, is the normal version. Puglisi. Oh, but I won't say it the right way. So who? Pug Puglisi. 
Oh, I want the right way. Oh, Puyazi. Yeah, that's Puyazi. a fun way. That's better. I love it. Go with it's it. Like a y. Okay. That's right. Larry, sorry, Larry. Larry. Yeah, Larry's got the easy one. Larry. Robert. Larry, yeah, <laughs> it, it, it's the worst name in any language. Larry, what are you doing that for, Larry? Oh, it's the worst. Oh no, it's not the worst. It's not controversial though. Okay, oh my God, we're gonna kill this word and beat it to a thing. But let's think about. I said controversial because I wanted the Prince song to come up in my head because every every Mike is listening show uh, has a music background, so controversy is the song for Prince. But guys, thank you so much for joining at the last minute for those. And I don't even know why I should even say this, but may not know who these amazing guys are. Fellow podcasters. I don't even know. Think Vincent, did we meet at Podcast Movement or Podfest at some point in 2017, 18? I'm trying to remember how you and I met. I'm not sure either. Yeah, it might be virtual. I'm not sure. Maybe the conference. Yeah, but here's the fun thing. It doesn't matter. We're on the show together and we, you know, communicate over time, like, you know, over you know, social media. But I feel comfortable with you regardless. And that's one of the things about podcasting that I kind of want to underline in all this conversation, you guys, is the fact that podcasting is such a freaking cool ass tool for social media to build your brand, build credibility, build your community, etc. And sometimes the path to that varies wildly. So let's talk about your post today, Vincent, because it just blew me away. And I actually responded five different times and deleted every single time because I was like, oh, Hmm, I don't want a smart ass replying back to me or you know what I mean? Or maybe I'm not thinking this through. So let's talk about this. So Vincent, you had posted an, uh, on Facebook. You could have posted on other social media platforms. I just saw it on Facebook about yeah. Joe Rogan and having Dr. Uh, Robert Malone on your show. Again, everyone, full disclosure, we are not talking about politics. We are not no. talking about the state of healthcare. This is just the situation of what is presenting itself in the world of podcasting. Okay. And why it matters to you. So Vincent, take away, tell me what you saw and what you'd rather, uh, what you, what you got out of it. And why yeah, I've been seeing, it. I've been seeing this over the last couple of weeks, last week or so he had this interview with Dr. Malone and it was, and it's just, it's being shared like crazy. And I'm like, I hadn't listened to it yet. And then I see that it was yesterday that apparently that the numbers were 40 million downloads for this one episode. Which is insane when you figure out the, the average you know download for a normal podcast. I don't know, hundred and something downloads is, is normal for, for an episode. I'm not sure what the, what the exact numbers are. Forty million, and then I saw some stats comparing it, comparing his downloads in quarter three to all the major news channels on cable, and seeing the numbers from that. And you know, there's going to be pushback back and forth. I'm already getting it because like, oh, this is challenging the data, and, and that's just, but that's not the point. The point is. 40 million downloads for one episode on a podcast run by one, essentially one person created. And when you look, listen back to his first episode, I believe he said it had about 300 and something people watching on his first episode. And he had celebrity status before that. So the potential for all of us, when everybody goes, oh, I don't have a voice. Oh, nobody's going to listen to me. Nobody cares. It's all this big time media stuff. We have a voice now and we can do it in the direction that we feel and we don't have to you know, the, the other thing about that episode that's really fascinating is all we hear is, you know, humans have the attention span of a, what's the, what's the, a goldfish? Seven seconds? You keep hearing that? Yeah, well, yeah, something like that. Well, I yeah. also say attention span of a pea, but then I realize I don't even know what that means. Yeah, what does that mean? Right. <laughs> but <laughs> apparently not, because this is a two and a half hour conversation that 40 million people have downloaded 
more than any other show in podcast history. Apparently, we do have an attention span when we care about the topic. So I found those things really interesting. Yeah, I mean, Larry, you and I have talked about this in the past as far as like you could talk about anything as long as you've got a niche. Like if you know who you're talking to, who your audience is, you can talk about underwater basket weaving all day long. And, and if that's their jam, you're going to rock and roll with them, right? Um, there was a stat that I remember, I think it was Edison Research. It has to be Edison because Edison's always you know posting all this amazing stuff. But it is, uh, they say that the podcast audience, you know, they're loyal and they're more inclined to actually follow through with purchasing or whatever your message is uh, than any other. So if you combine that with people like these Joe Rogans of the world, which is pretty much only Joe Rogan, <laughs> right? Can you imagine the power behind the money behind it? Like these major corporations that haven't put their money and sponsorships into podcasts, what the potential could be. So let me ask you guys this, as we are looking at monetization of our podcasts, at some point, you can't be overly controversial, or can you? I, I don't know if you want to be controversial, but you want to stand for something. You, you want to have a message, and you want to stand behind that message. And whether it's a controversial message or whether it's a mainstream-type message, people are going to support it, and they're also going to be against it. And that's something that we as content creators have to understand, is that you're not going to please everybody. So you have to have that niche. You have to have that point. And, you know, uh, the counterpoint is always, well, Joe Rogan talks to all kinds of people. You know, yesterday he had Dr. Robert Malone. Today's episode is with Carrot Top, the comedian. Is that a niche? No, that's not a niche, but he's unique. <laughs> you know, the Joe Rogan experience is just that it's an experience, but he's got that, 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 that uh, stardom behind him. I mean, Joe Rogan's been in media forever. He, he sells out stadiums. How many people sell out stadiums for their comedy shows? He's one of the few comedians that do it today. He was on Fear Factor. He's the host of the UFC. He does all this stuff. So a lot of folks reference Joe Rogan, but they reference him without taking it into context. So if we keep that context, context in place and start looking at ourselves, we have the same potential to reach our audiences. Mm -hmm. And that's the difference is our audience. And it takes time to build that audience. As Vincent alluded to, Joe's first episode of his podcast got like 300 uh, downloads. And as he also alluded to, the average downloads for a podcast is somewhere between 150 and 200 downloads. Maybe it's about 175 these days. I haven't heard the latest from, uh, from Libsyn. But that's a massive audience for somebody that's just starting out. And if you look at his growth from 300 people to 40 million in one, that's one episode. That's not his entire library of nearly 1800 episodes. That's one episode. So you have the potential to reach a massive, massive audience well beyond anything that you could ever come in contact with. If you leverage the power of a podcast and you start creating content right away. So, okay, let's think about this, you guys, because uh, I work with uh, my clients, our, our companies, okay? Mm -hmm. So there is, I think, I'd like to ask you guys both this, because I know you too have clients in both personal and in a, you know, corporate type environment. There is a potential risk of diluting or maybe, I don't want to say being boring, but sticking to corporate messaging when it comes to, uh, you know, a business versus a personal, like SIA doing her own thing is very different. Not really, but let's try, I'm not a good example because I'm, I'm too shallow to be fake. So let's try this one more time. 
we're not smart enough or lazy enough. But let's say, for example, Wendy's. Okay, I think I, I like picking on Wendy's from a social media aspect. They are a fast food chain, right? But their Twitter feed is something else. It's fire. It is fire. <laughs> but but they took the risk. They knew that if they were a little on the edgier side, kind of like telling the line of what's appropriate, what's not appropriate. When we talk to our clients about podcasting and for their business, et cetera, you know, what have you guys seen and what do you suggest for these guys that want to be a little bit more edgier or maybe is it, is it appropriate to just to, to tow the company line and message? I don't, I don't speak in the corporate world. So I'll, I, I think Larry does. So I'll, I'll defer with you on this one. Cause I don't, I don't really work in that world. Well, yesterday was my one year anniversary, actually. So this is kind of ironic. I left corporate America January 4th of last year, celebrated one year in content creation space and podcasting space full time yesterday. So happy anniversary to me. Congrats. Uh, so uh, thank you so much. I appreciate that. But I can definitely speak to the corporate side of things. And when I first got into podcasting, I was doing it for a different reason. It was just a, a, a personal expression. And I jumped in feet first with a comedy podcast. And ironically enough, the first show I ever heard was a Joe Rogan podcast. And he had two other comedians that were on there. And the comedians reminded me of the time in the 80s when we had the comedians that I grew up on. Yes, I'm dating myself. But the Andrew Dice Clays, the Sam Kinnisons, the George Carlins, all the gods of comedy back in the 80s. And I heard these guys seven years ago telling similar jokes, which is kind of risque. So I was like, you can do this on a podcast? This is the coolest thing ever. So I started a podcast. Now, again, I was in corporate America, fairly salary, well, definitely a salaried position and a fairly high up position. So I was also somewhat of a, an example in the space. So once the word got out as to what my podcast contained and some of the jokes that we were telling, uh, well, they weren't well received in the corporate environment. So guess what I ended up having to do? I had to end up killing the show because I was still there. And that's why I'm doing the show that I'm doing today because it evolved from, th from that practice. So from the corporate perspective, you gotta be careful because you are gonna stir the pot and you may be sending a, an example that you don't, wanna, uh, you don't wanna set for your company. But take for instance, you mentioned Wendy's and I'll one up the ante with Pabst Blue Ribbon. Now we all know Pabst Blue Ribbon as the trailer park beer. Anybody that's seen Joe Dirt, they're throwing back the Pabst Blue Ribbon. You want a controversial corporate Twitter feed, check out their Twitter. It will blow your mind. It, I, I, it's, it's offensive, uh, and I'm going to throw that out there as well. Most people would be offended by it, but it fits their branding, and that's what you have to keep in mind. Are you willing to push the controversy? And if you are, does that controversy still line up with your brand? Those are the things that you have to weigh, and those are the kind of cautionary flags that have to come into play when you're laying out the content that you're going to be creating. Excellent points. Although I have to, I have to argue a little bit on this. Wendy's is considered wholesome fast food, and they, their Twitter is not wholesome. I mean, I mean, <laughs> I mean it, it's wholesome in the context of they're not swearing, they're not, you know. But they, they are whoever those writers are should be like paid well. They're very witty, um, but they have a sharp tongue. Yeah. So, okay, can we, you guys, as podcasters? Okay, no one knows who the hell I am. I mean, I left, I left tech. Uh, you know, sales, corporate, right? Like, which is very stodgy. And let's be honest, no one really likes to hear about technology all the time, day in, day out, unless you're a gearhead or whatever. So I, I guess in my head, I'm just trying to figure out, like, for some of those industries, or maybe your personal brand, where maybe you're like 
um, an introvert. You're a little bit more mellow. Not everyone's yeah. going to be a Larry or a Sia and, you know, Vincent, right? Like you've got more introverted personalities. Could you still generate that following, still be engaging? So what are your recommendations for that, you guys? Because, again, I think we need to reiterate the fact that we're not all going to be Joes, but different personality types. Let's talk about that. I think it's successful. I think it's key to know why you're doing it and who you're doing it for. And it's so common, but it really is. I don't start with who it's for. I really pay attention to who it's not for. When I did that post today, I knew who it was not for. I knew in my feed who would respond, who would not respond, who would kind of get a little bit salty about it. And it wasn't political, but people are going to make it political. And that's why I started out the way that I did. It's like if you ever watch uh, 8 Mile with Eminem, the, the way that he completely disarmed his opponent and won the championship was he went out there and he told everything about himself and he made fun of himself being a trailer park white rapper. And everything he said, all of a sudden his opponent was like, I got nothing. That's what I was going to say. And he already said it. By going out there and saying, I know. And there's still people doing it. I just checked on it before we started. There's people arguing already on it. But I said, don't bring politics and don't bring the medicine part. But just from the podcast side of it, this is really. So I knew from that, guys, I come from the world of media. I come from newspaper and magazines. Do you know how many of my friends are pissed off by that post? And they're not pissed off that I wrote it. They're pissed off that it's real. They're pissed off that the, the empire that they have been a part of and the paychecks that they receive is being cut down because somebody like Joe Rogan can get that many downloads and they have no control over it. So oh. it, makes, it makes their platform less powerful, which really their ideology and their paycheck are being threatened. It scares them, even though if you got them in private and they started a podcast, you'd be like, this is pretty cool. The fact that it's undermining that is scaring them. So I knew that they're gonna get mad, even though that was my industry for 15 years. And that's cool. Okay, I love it. I don't know anything about the media industry. I just kind of, again, anecdotal evidence, watching and looking. When you threw out the numbers, I did not see that. That Q3, what the top shows combined, it was still, you know, what, 18 million, and Joe mm -hmm. Rogan's one, you know, show alone was 11 million. I just, those eyeballs to me, just how is the metrics put together for traditional media? Are we still doing Nielsen ratings? Does that even exist anymore? Like, how is that those metrics coming about? Can you tell me about that? I don't pay very much attention to it, so I don't. I don't know the de Larry. If you know the details, yeah, uh, those particular numbers that that we're referring to here with Joe Rogan having eleven some odd million viewers and and CNN and Fox and everybody combined having the eighteen, those came from a combination of Nielsen and Spotify. So for those that are questioning the statistics and questioning the validity of the numbers. It's the same people that have been certifying numbers for everything for as far back as we can remember. Nielsen, I mean, it's the name that does it all. And those that's where those numbers are coming from. So, so to say that those numbers are skewed or they're inaccurate, that's just a, 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 that's a shield that they're throwing up and some sort of attempting to justify it. Because it's, you can't. It's it, it's verified data. It's right there for you. And we hear this term way too often these days when we're talking about controversial topics. Do your own research. But it's right there. Go to Nielsen. Look at the ratings. Go to Spotify. Look at the ratings. It's out there for everybody. They're not manipulated. They're third-party certified stats. It's it's just there. You can't really argue it. And and people will split hairs on it, and you'll see it. But the, when you, I'm a big picture guy. And yeah. when you zoom out of this whole thing – Maybe if they were manipulated, if they're not as many eyeballs, if some people downloaded three minutes of a 
two and a half hour episode and that's counted all that type of stuff aside those numbers sheer volume when you compare it to the normal downloads the potential there is astronomical in terms of what we can do because what we're not talking about at all is collaboration the three of us are collaborating right now right so if you build connections and i'm all about a network and building relationships around you if you do great content and you have a niche and you have relationships and then larry invites me onto his show and then i get to spread the word with his audience and they listen to mine the growth from there is is think about dr malone how many people now know who he is this week that didn't know who he was last week because Joe Rogan shared their platform with him, shared, shared his platform with him? We can all do that, and we all have that opportunity if we do this right. So it can go from 100 downloads or 327 to 1,000 to 10,000 to 100,000 because of that. Right. Yeah, I mean, look at us today. We're, we're here right now because of what took place with that episode. So we are a residual effect of that type of reach from someone else. And anybody else that's out there that's wanting to start a podcast or use a podcast to grow their brand or to, to disseminate their message, this type of collaboration is a, a byproduct of that. And they can take advantage of it too. No, oh, you want people talking about you, right? Regardless. And you know, this is, you guys are nailing so many different things that like my mind is just racing and running right now. So I'm trying with my ADD to wrestle my squirrels. <laughs> I mean, everything you're saying is so true and so valid. And it's almost like an echo chamber of us, you know, creators of like, dude, we've been saying this forever. Yeah. But I, I am very intrigued with 11 million or 40 million total. I mean, like these numbers are just insanity to me. And here's the other crazy thing about it. These people are listening, a lot of these downloads and stuff. They're listening to it repeatedly. It's not just a one-off thing. I mean, granted, two and a half hours of my time, I don't know if I can repeat, but the repeating portions of it. You want to rehear certain segments of it. And I think that's the other thing about podcasting is you hit, you can hit rewind, right? You can hit and do one X or go half X or two X, you know, depending on how quickly you want to listen to it or how your brain works and functions. So I guess, guys, this is like such a gold mine. Why do you think? There's still pushback then because this sounds to me like no brain guess you guys were an echo chamber within ourselves of why wouldn't yeah. we but what pushbacks are we seeing why podcasting hasn't been you know over that massive tipping point of you know being embraced by media as a or alternative or an augmentation well i think i think it's like anything else that comes in new and this isn't really new right i've been listening to podcasts for 15 years now but to a lot of people read my read the comments on my post some people have never listened to a podcast yet it's still, it's still not coming through their television the way everything else had come through. And I think as time goes on, we're seeing it. We're seeing it adopt. We're seeing these numbers, even if it was 15 million, would be eye-opening in terms of a shift, right? Now, I think over time, if we can start creating content, and what people are saying is what they really appreciate about this is the conversation going on. You know, I referenced the Sanjay Gupta episode that, that um, Rogan had a couple months ago about, about COVID. And the fact that they had a civilized conversation, even though they disagreed for over two hours, people appreciated that because they don't get that in traditional media anymore. You get the one side that yells at the other side and then on the other station, they're yelling at the other one. And we're all kind of tired of it. I wanna see you guys come together or us come together and have a conversation again. That's why I think so many people are on it and the people that have not, have not heard that yet. And I think when they do, they will start having their eyes open to it. See, and what makes me nervous right now, though, is I see major media coming into the podcasting space. 
if you go launch Spotify or you go launch Apple Podcasts, you're going to see on the front page in the top 10 charts, everything there is major media. Yep. Everything there is professionally produced, overproduced, and you're already starting to see that shift. Yeah. But we still have the opportunity. We're still in those infantile stages. Vincent, as you mentioned, people, there's still people that have never even listened to a podcast. And I'll be honest, seven years ago, I had to be convinced. Mm -hmm. I wasn't going to listen to a podcast. That's stupid. I don't need that. But it's a generational thing. You know, we, we, we're all in the similar age group here, and we're used to television, and we're used to terrestrial radio. It's different now. There's a new generation coming up, a couple of new generations coming up, actually. And podcasting is ingrained in that makeup. And that individuality, that creative process, that sharing of information at the indie level, at the independent creator level, is still a very, very dominant force. And there's still so much potential to get your message out there with a podcast, whether it's controversial or not. I don't think we've even started. I really don't think we've even really started in terms of what can happen from this. I really, I really believe that. No, I mean, I just spoke to somebody yesterday and they're going to be podcasting in the next couple of weeks. They're going to do a show in the metaverse. <laughs> I mean, come on guys. We're, this thing is evolving quicker than I can even keep up. I bought me an Oculus Rift and almost threw up because I got motion sickness with the damn thing on. So <laughs> I saw that post, which I thought was funny. I'm like, okay, grandpa. Okay. So your role don't, the thing about the thing about VR and, and you know XR entertainment, you got to go slowly, okay? Larry jumped right in. He jumped yeah, right I, in. I don't do much of anything slow, ride, sir. Do not jump into the roller coaster. Larry just anymore. signed up for the marathon without running for two years and just started sprinting out of the gate. Let's do it, brother. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, okay, so okay, you mentioned generationally, and we're okay. So the boomers are aging out, right? And uh, they're the last, uh, you know, we Gen Xers. And yes, thanks for dating us, Larry. You know, we just got to face it. See ya. <laughs> thanks for dating yourself, Larry. I'm kidding. No, no so, but, <laughs> but you think about it, the Gen X did usher in the internet, right? We embraced the, you know, when email first came out, the fact that like computers became mobile, right? Then the whole smartphone revolution and all that good stuff. And now each, you know, subsequent generation, which thank you for reminding me of that fact as well the millennials and the gen you know z's uh, it's native they don't know anything else but it mm -hmm. and that's where you're right vincent that creativity the fact that i know i'm already outdated for tiktok i i want to think i'm creative enough for tiktok but i can tell my vibe my brain doesn't function that quickly i guess i don't know i cannot get tiktok i love watching it but i can't produce it that i personally know i cannot and what's next? Like you said, the metaverse. I'm like, oh crap, now we've got to think about and, the virtual aspect. I, I think that might scare a lot of people. And I don't think it should because you don't need to, you can play where you want to play. The metaverse yeah. doesn't, doesn't interest me. I don't have any interest in spending more time online or I just don't. I want to be out at the beach. I want to be walking. I want to be talking. That's, hey, the more people in the metaverse, less people at the beach. I'm cool with it. You guys, you guys do that, right? But for me, if I can have a deep conversation, if I can have my thoughts and I can do a podcast and I can be interviewed on others and I can have, we can create the life that we want in this world. You don't need to do, you don't need to do TikTok. I don't do it, but we're doing fine. It, you have to know where you want to go. I think some people get overwhelmed because they feel like they have to do everything. And now I got to jump on this next thing. You've got to know in terms of your content and even your distribution, where are you unique and where do you love playing? And that's what you do. And then just kind of, own that space for yourself. I love it. So, okay, before we go here, we're kind of needing to wrap up. 
So what I've noticed with some podcasts, and it, it hurts me a little bit, and I think we're all part of like these communities, you know, within Facebook, these, you know, groups, and, you know, people are talking and joining and asking questions about podcasting. What's your one big advice that for anyone jumping into podcasting that you would suggest and offer to them to avoid a pitfall or what's your best advice you'd like to give a, a podcaster that's new to the field? Larry, you go first. I, I would say, and it's my word for the year, you know, I belong to a mastermind group and I just announced my word of the year in the mastermind on Monday. And my word is execute. It's execute, take action, do it. Now that doesn't mean jump in and just start willy nilly talking into a microphone, do a little research, do your homework, prepare yourself, make sure that you are in a position to tell your story or share your message or grow your brand. And you have a core message, but once you have all the ducks in a row, jump in there and execute, just take action. Totally. My advice, I, I say this about life. I say this about podcasting. I always want to be a beginner in something. I always want to be growing something and I always want to be an expert in something. And as long as I do that entrepreneurially, I'm fine because I've got income. I can create new ideas. I can, I can fail at things and have no problem. I think it's the same thing with podcasting. I think like Larry said, take action, do something, be a beginner at it, but grow it. Be you, as you podcast, you're going to become an expert in certain things, whether it's conversationally, whether it's stats, whether it's data, whatever it is, you're going to get to a point where I've got this point down. I think what most people get wrong is they stay there. They just yeah. stay there because it works. You've got to be growing some other aspect of it. Maybe it's advertising. Maybe it's um, interviews. Maybe it's solo shows. And what are you beginning at? What are you changing to? What are you evolving to where you're not doing the same old, same old, where you can keep up with whatever you want to call it, trends or new things that you can do, but still the expert phase of where you're at keeps growing. So when I can always have that balanced, I think as a beginner or as a, as a, you know, a veteran, you can do that and always have those three things going and you can stay on point. Oh, I love it. I love it. My advice guys know why you're doing this. And I know we used to use a do the why, do the why all the time, but ultimately I call it fire in the belly because podcasting is a discipline. You have to be consistent with it. You have to execute as you say, Larry, and you're right, Vincent, you need to be the progress, have the ability to know that, Hey, I'm beginning, I'm learning. And yep. then offer that opportunity for yourself to say, okay, now I can progress to the next level, learn this new skill, or maybe learn something different within that medium and, and, and keep growing, which I think is huge. So what's going to fuel all that to execute and to progress is you really got to have that. You really need to know why you're doing it foundationally. And I'm not saying, oh, cause I want five downloads and a hundred downloads in two minutes. It's no, what's going to roll you out of bed and get your ASS up to record. I'm not kidding. This morning, I was not feeling good. I decided to eat. You guys are going to laugh at this. Expired Chef Boyardee last night. Whatever. Let's just skip that. But I was not feeling well. Okay. <laughs> Suffice to say. But you got you to gotta find within yourself of like, you know what? I'm doing this because I have a greater purpose. And only you can, you, only you can define what that greater purpose is. And it's unique to you. So totally. on that final note, I know I always run long, guys. I really appreciate your time. Larry, Vincent, do you guys have any pitches? What is going on in your life that we need to be aware of? That I'd love to support you guys on. So, uh, Vincent, go first, please. Yeah, um, thank you for that. I mainly main thing is the podcast for me. I have a daily short form show. It's called Total Life Freedom Podcast. We've changed things. Really talk about evolving and being a beginner this year, which is really fun. I'm doing themes, so I'm doing weekly themes. 
with short episodes, but then an expert at the end of that theme on that one. So I'm doing that all year long and continuing. I've never seen it done. I really wanted to do it. I'm a beginner. It could crash, but it's going really well. So Total Life Freedom Podcast, if you want to check it out. Awesome. And I'll put that in the show notes as well. Larry, Thanks. sir. Man, there's so much going on, but I tell you what, one of my primary focuses is the newsletter. It's called the PodFest Messenger, and I'm the editor-in-chief, and I'd love for you to sign up. It is an industry podcasting newsletter that goes out twice a week, and just jump on, man. There's tons of great content on there to help you evolve as a creator, tell you what's going on in the space, and share some stories of other creators that are just like you. So if you'd like to sign up for the newsletter, head over to podfestexpo.com slash messenger, and let me fill your inbox twice a week with some amazing content. Oh, Larry, Vincent, you guys are rock stars. I love you guys. Thank you so much. I wish you nothing but success for uh, 2022. Remember us folks, other fellow podcasters? Of course we will. We always support each other. And that's why podcasting is so damn freaking cool. And make it your own. Thanks again for joining us. And let's go ahead. And I guess we can just wrap it up for another episode of The Mic is Listening. Thanks, guys. Thanks so much.